a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution, forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins, which we're supposed to be conquering, have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the, the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is, is putting to death the old, the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. Finally, it's time to do some Table Talk Radio. Yeah, I know. Man, At I've been last. itching. I know. You know, couldn't sleep last night. That reminds me of a joke we used to say whenever we were going uh, through the grocery store in high school with somebody. We'd say, hey, uh, right when he's paying, how's that rash coming along? <laughs> it's pretty funny. You probably had, you probably had lots of friends, right? Radio. That's, what that re- <laughs> that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Poor Brian, high school. He would say, Hey, how's that rash? The guy walks out, and then there was none. No more friends. <laughs> Ended up all right for me. <laughs> because We're still checking that who wants to date a pastor line every day. Because then you became a pastor, so you could have people force people to be your friends. <laughs> That's right. You don't have a choice. That's why most people be become pastors, so that they'll have friends. Sure. All right. Uh, in this edition... <laughs> In Table Talk Radio today, we're going to be reading a email or two (laughs) after some buzzwords in the first segment. And then to show how cool we are, we're going to be preaching preaching to Hollywood. (laughs) Nothing says how cool you are than like listening to music and telling, uh, uh, I don't know what we're doing. Why don't you explain this game to us? Yeah, we'll get to it. How about when we get there? But we, this is a a game invented in, invented it. <laughs> Did you just invent Jonathan. that word? <laughs> I just invented it. Invented it. <laughs> the idea is you listen to a song and you take that particular song, whatever that is, as a uh, condition of a person's soul, and then you say, "How would you preach law and gospel or speak law and gospel to them?" Uh-huh. That's how that goes. Okay, and then we're playing playing the predictable pastor, which is a game that oh, yeah, we invented to uh, <laughs> talk about audio stuff. Um, you know, the games are just an excuse here. So a buzzword I have for you, Pastor Wolf Mueller, is though because I'm I'm perceiving that you don't have one yet. Stalling. I got one right here. Oh, okay. No, I got my buzzword for you is lectionary. The lectionary, by the way, is a gift. We should treat it as such. The lectionary is this uh, uh, appointed reading. Typical Fort Wayne grad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the lectionary is a, a list of appointed readings for the, a day in a church year. Uh, there's daily lectionaries, and then there's this uh, lectionary that we have uh, for each Sunday in the church year, um, as well as festival days and, and the like. 
Um, and the nice thing about the lectionary is, first of all, it, it, it follows the life of Christ. So you know how it would be kind of weird uh, on Christmas morning to get up and uh, start talking about um, uh, the, I don't know, the, the, the Resurrection Sunday, or vice versa, the, on Resurrection Sunday we're talking about the birth of Jesus. Now, not that those things are necessarily inappropriate, just maybe a little out of place. Um, and so, just as we have a, um, a Christmas day to remember especially the birth of our Lord and his entire life, the death and resurrection, and we have this particular day in the church here, the resurrection of our Lord, to remember the resurrection of Jesus. Um, so, throughout the entire year, and maybe those from a non-liturgical uh, church background wouldn't know this, but throughout the entire year, there's readings set aside through the Gospels that uh, point to the life of Jesus between those times. And now the nice thing about the lectionary, I think the reason it's a good idea to use it, is it uh, forces a pastor and uh, a church to be focused on the life of Christ. If I, for example, commit myself, just as a discipline, to always preach on the gospel or always preach on the lectionary, there's Old Testament and epistle readings as well, um, then what I'm doing is I'm having to go to the text to say this is what the text means for the people, uh, rather than uh, thinking up, uh, what do I want to preach today? I think I'll preach about anger, and really all I'm doing is preaching about the things that are going on in my life. Um, so, uh, lectionary is a useful thing. Yeah, I, th- I would I would agree with that. By the way, oh, okay. You. Now I'm ready for a buzzword because I found the email I was looking for. <laughs> Where in the world was that? I got it here. Okay. Uh, now let's see. My buzzword for you is meditation. So meditation is where you clear your mind of everything and uh, focus on your breathing and yourself. (laughs) (sighs) You're trying it right now? It's nice. (laughs) Just kidding. That's actually not what meditation... That's what uh, maybe our friends from the East would teach us what meditation is, is an emptying of the mind. But the Christian meditation is, in fact, the very most opposite of that thing, and that is that Christian meditation is the filling of the mind with the words of the Lord. So we meditate on the Scriptures. That is, we listen to the Scriptures, we hear the Scriptures, we ruminate on the Scriptures, we, we chew on them like a cow chews on the cud. You know about cud? Oh, yeah. Apparently, cud is whatever a cow is chewing on. I thought a cud was a kind of fish that you order. Oh, that's cod. Just kidding. Okay. Oh, there you go. Uh, So, uh, you ready for this email? Yeah, ready. Hit me. This is from Brandon, formerly in Indonesia. He says, Dear Pastors, having grown up in the mashup of attending Southern Baptist Bible Church, non denominational American evangelical churches, Listening to either all law or a law gospel law sermon, I'm very aware of what kind of preaching it produces. A, self-righteous hypocrites. B, those who despair or leave. Or C, those whose consciences are dimmed and sit in the pew indifferent. That is that ancient uh, deadly sin of Acadia. Acacia dia. How do you say that? Acadia. Remember that? Were we trying to figure out how to say that? I don't remember what you're talking about. I'll, t- I'll find it pronounced on the computer. The Lutheran approach, Brandon continues, of law to condemn our sin and the gospel to comfort our souls lets people live their lives in light of what they have been forgiven of, setting them free to love and serve their neighbor. Mm, so what do we say to our evangelical friends when they claim the biblical example Paul puts forth in his letters of law, gospel, law, 
is the only way to preach. You can't just leave people with the gospel. They have to do something with it, just like Paul does in his letters. Thanks a bunch. Keep up the hilarity. Brandon. That's an interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to take Sadia. it? Sadia. Yeah, yeah, you answer it. <laughs> well, the first thing that came to my mind is that I, I wondered if um, the, the there may be a distinction between uh, Christian preaching and an epistle. So that I may, in talking with someone individually or if I was writing a letter maybe to a church, I may very well uh, write in this letter law and then gospel and then, um, uh, as as ones we 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 sometimes call this the third use of the law, where we um, uh, tell the informed uh, Christians who are who are a new creation how it is that they they live in uh, use their Christian freedom. You know, I, I'm I'm free in Christ. I'm no longer condemned by the law. So what do I do? Um, and this is what you do. Now, make no mistake, that is still law. You know, so so. I mean, sometimes I think people want to say, hey, the third use of the law is sort of a uh, a way that you can use law in, in your sermons. Well, it's still ending on law. But I think that, is there, Pastor, would you think that there's a there's a maybe a distinction to be made in the way we uh, preach and the way that uh, the epistles are given? I do. I think I've been working on this a little bit, looking at Paul, uh, just the last couple of days, in fact, because I've been interested in this question, how does Paul, in fact, pray? So not just what Paul tells us to pray for, but how does he pray? In almost each one of his epistles, he begins with by saying, I'm praying for you all the time I'm praying. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm remembering you before the Lord in my prayers. And, he, and then he says he prays and thanks God for three things, faith, uh, love, and hope. In almost every one of the epistles it says, I thank the Lord for your faith, for your love, and for your hope. And then he goes on to say, and I pray that you would in- increase in faith and love and hope or endurance and patience under suffering and affliction, this sort of thing. And then the third step is Paul starts writing to do just that. He, he, he corrects their doctrine and gets the faith straightened out. And then he, he, he encourages them all the more to love one another. And then he ends his epistles by, by encouraging them that they would remain in the promises that the Lord has given until he takes them away. So you have this outline in, in Paul's letters of, of faith and love and then and then hope, and this is a little bit different uh, than we're, when we're preaching law and gospel and dealing with the conscience. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a different. Well, it's just a different outline. It's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it either way. It's just a different thing that's going on. So I guess to answer his question, um, who are we talking to, Benjamin or Philip? Brandon. Or? Brandon. Brandon. Formerly Brandon, of the formerly Philippines. from Indonesia. <laughs> or Indonesia. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he's probably in the Philippines now. Um, I, I think you would have to ask your evangelical friends of, of why the layout, the outline of an, uh, a Pauline epistle is necessarily the outline that we should be preaching from. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Is that, is that all right? Uh, yeah, so that's right. I mean, when we're dealing specifically with the conscience, we we want to, in the end, have Jesus there ruling, and that's what the sermon is doing. It's dealing specifically with the conscience, while as Paul deals with the conscience and a bunch of other things. But, but I think Brandon is right that we want to have law-gospel sermons with the gospel predominating, not law-gospel-law, um, as, as he discussed. So we need to take a commercial yep. break, and then we'll be right back to play Preaching to Hollywood here on Table Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 
Table Talk Radio. You're laughing too, right? Could you be a teenage idol? Could you be a movie star? When I turn on my TV, will you smile and wave at me, telling Oprah who you are? So you want Welcome to back to Table Soccer Radio. And now, Did you hear that? What? Acedia. 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 That means spiritual torpor or apathy, or also Inui. I wonder how to pronounce that word. Oh, man. In Don't worry. Your computer will probably tell you. Okay, so in... Uh, I don't know what I did before the computer. This this is your baby. Why don't you tell us how uh, preaching... Oh, it's Hollywood ennui. 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 Listlessness and dissatisfaction resulting from lack of interest. Boredom. Kind of like me right now. Boredom. <laughs> that okay. Even boredom sounds funny when this boredom. guy pronounces it. Now, what we're going to do boredom. is... Uh, this is just should boredom. be in the background the whole time. Boredom. 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 What do you mean, Merriam-Webster? Now, uh, uh, this was suggested by a listener and also church member, Jonathan. And he said, why don't you listen to a song and use the lyrics of the song to diagnose the spiritual condition of the singer and then suggest ways that we might speak law and gospel to that situation. So it's kind of like the casual apologetics game with law and gospel applied to hit music. Whoa. Okay. Well, let's see if this works then. I have a, I have a few right. songs loaded up, and uh, Pastor Ruffin, you want to probably get the lyrics. The first one is from your favorite artist, Miley Cyrus. Oh, yeah, Miley. <laughs> In fact, you sent this to me from your personal collection, didn't you? Uh, this, is the <laughs> this is the song entitled Wrecking Ball. Here it is. Okay, that's the first part of the song. Now this is like the, this is like the prey song cruncher, <laughs> except for the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that you're trying to discern what the song is about? Yeah. Well, I think I got it. Okay. I think I got the image. It paints a picture. I have been thinking about this fact, and that is that music is like meditation. That's my buzzword, by the way. You can't say it. <laughs> Dang it. I was listening to music this morning, accidentally, and uh, after after I accidentally worked out, that was a terrible idea. And, Working uh, out, <laughs> yeah. And so I was accidentally listening to some music, and I ju- you just kind of find yourself singing along, and you're lost in the lyrics. I think this was, in fact, the song. 
Was it really? <laughs> no. I've never heard this song in my life. Although I, the thing I like about this song is like that whatever the bass line is, the boom. It's like you can hear it coming. Boom. I kind of like that. Okay. That's kind of cool. I, by the anyway. way, I'll tell you where I got all these songs. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got them off of the best-selling list from Amazon for MP3 downloads. So all of the oh. songs come from that list. Are popular, huh? Yep. So apparently this is about, uh, this is a love song. And uh, she, our friend Miley, was going to come and date some guy. And she was coming uh, to date this guy like a wrecking ball to tear down his walls. You know, because all guys have walls built up. And so you to be authentic, you have to break down through the wall. And then, uh, but the problem is she went to break down the wall and herself got wrecked. So the wrecking ball got destroyed. I think that's uh yeah. Like you, I, I think, think you that's got what it. This means yeah yeah. So now they're breaking up, or um, they just can't make it work out, and yet she's still in love. But it's not going to work because love's not enough. So okay, I think that's what's happening. All right, so <laughs> I'm I'm because I wanted to see how this is done from you for I was anxious to see how you would preach to Miley Cyrus in this case, <laughs> or at least the. Uh, the person singing this song. Well, yeah, I'm interested, uh, by the way, in this, because, you know, one of the things, this phenomenon of music that, um, you know, though, kids these days, you know, I think that's the first time I've ever said that my whole life. Kids these days. <laughs> you're, I used to be one like two old. months ago, but kids now I got this days. ridiculous looking Fu Manchu because <laughs> I lost a bet to the vicar. Wait, 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 wait. What? What happened? <laughs> I lost a bet to the vicar, so I'm wearing a Fu Manchu. I look like a moron. <laughs> I look like a, or either a Texas Highway Patrolman, but they are not morons, of course. <laughs> but I look like one. Uh, it's wh- what was the bet? Uh, we bet on the Broncos Colts game. Oh, and the Colts won. So I have three weeks Fu Manchu. <laughs> it's terrible for his his spiritual formation. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he walks around. He walks up to me the other day and he says. That Fu Manchu looks an awful lot like a horseshoe. Oh, God. get out of here! <laughs> the guy has a tendency to forget that he's being graded. Did you hear that? You no, know, I know. But the, <laughs> see what what you didn't take into account in betting in this game. I mean, the Broncos are usually a pretty good bet, but you didn't <laughs> consider the emotional factor for Peyton Manning coming back to Indianapolis. So, speaking of emotional factors, I think that. This is what's going on in this. You know, songs are generally going to be about the Sixth Commandment or the Fifth Commandment. I mean, good drama and good poetry and and even popular bad songs and poetry are are generally in the realm of the Fifth and Sixth Commandment. So this seems like there's some kind of Fifth Commandment thing, except for, especially this breakup and this idea of desiring to have an emotional connection but never actually achieving that connection. Um it seems like you know there was some pride in there that I'm going to change this guy. You know, I'm going to I'm going to be the one to break through. I'm going to be the one to tear down the walls, and and I didn't, and that it was it was also destructive to me to attempt such a thing. So so it's kind of you see a kind of a fall of pride in this whole thing. Um, so I would I, I would diagnose the spiritual condition, uh, you know, some somewhere in there. Um, Hmm. I wonder if the way to start a conversation about this uh, is to talk about this, you know, how we how how we're able to recognize that we are not just hunks of meat, but in fact, our body and soul together. 
and that our identity is found in this in, in large way in the internal life uh, that all of us live, and to recognize that real intimacy is precisely found there in conversation um, and in give and take, except so this desire that the song expresses to you know to be to break down the wall and to find a vulnerability in another person. Uh, is in fact a confession of a of a more complex anthropology than one might in fact think that Miley held to seeing some of her <laughs> some of her her vulnerable uh, exploits no. lately. So e- emotional damage, not at all. Um, <laughs> uh, you know that that reminds me of this interview that you did um, quite some time ago now. With uh, our our uh, favorite professor emeritus James Nessigan, where he said that oh, yeah. um, when you uh, worship your bodies, you worship something that dies, right. and I think he was he was saying that in the context of the uh, sexual revolution, and uh, and its uh, its lead into then uh, the, the epidemic of abortion in this country and things like that. Um, certainly what we have today in this, um, everything being so sexualized is the, um, the, this worship of the body, you know, that, that we are the greatest, uh, greatest beings and, and will worship it and, um, engage in this, uh, wh- wherever, um, whenever we please. Yep. Uh, more to say or do you want to go to the next one? Uh, let's go to the next one because I don't know what else to say. Okay. The next one guys. is... <laughs> Sorry, it's getting the best artists in this game here. Katy Perry in the song oh, Roar. Yeah. Here it is. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath. Scared to rock the boat and make a mess. So I said quietly, agreed politely. I guess that I forgot I had a choice. I let you push me past the breaking point. All right. When we get back from this break on Table Talk Radio, we're going to be uh, uh, talking about this song, Roar, by Katy Perry, diagnosing the theological anthropology and uh, uh, trying to find a way into the conversation. Uh, We'll be right back on this after this break on Table Talk Radio. Hey!
the most persevering listeners in radio. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back on Table Talk Radio. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath, scared to rock the boat and make a mess, so I quietly agreed politely. I guess I forgot that I had a choice. I let you push me past the breaking point and stood for nothing, so I fell for everything. At least that's what uh, Katy Perry says in her song, Roar. <laughs> you thought I was just talking yeah. there, didn't you? No, no, yeah, no. I, I was, no, I, no. very poetic. <laughs> you, I let you push me past. This is, uh, now maybe we should be talking about this off the air, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> This is a this is an interesting song. I never actually paid attention to the lyrics. Hey, I just <laughs> hey, oh oh oh. Now you because you hear the song comes on, you know, like before the basketball game or whatever. You're like ah, I'm gonna, it's a kind of a you know pump you up, but it's it starts out by saying hey, uh, you were hey. I mean in fact literally <laughs> says hey. So I was quiet. I was just let you push me around and you pushed me down to the ground. But no, now I'm not gonna stand for it. I'm gonna. Stand it up, brushing off the dust. I'm gonna roar and things, fight, dance, and be a champion and rah. and float like a butterfly and mean things oh, yeah, like that. That's a Stinging like a bee. <laughs> Wait a minute, I've heard that before. Uh, oh, 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 or that's how it's. <laughs> I think the lyrics spell it out. That's pretty funny. Hmm. So anyway, yeah. So what do you say? Now, so Katy Perry comes to visit. <laughs> uh, Pastor, can I talk to you? Again? And she, sit, she, sit, <laughs> and she sits down and says, That guy, I used to let him push me past the breaking point, but I, I stood for nothing. I fell for everything, but I got up, and I'm brushing off the dust, so I want you to hear me roar. This is interesting. Um, Indeed it is interesting. I, I think that there, there would have to be, obviously, a, a longer conversation to find out what is really going on here. Um, it, I, I, I would, I mean, this, this is rather nuanced, but one of the things that I have said before is that it is within the Christian's vocation to suffer. We sometimes have this idea that any injustice that happens to us, we have to fight back for, um, rather than just realizing, hey, this world is fi- filled with suffering, so I'm going to have to just kind of kind of take it. So I'm, I'm, at, I'm at my job at McDonald's getting, uh, you know, these pastors who come through the drive-thru, a double cheeseburger or something like that, <laughs> and the guy, the guy working next to me is just making work miserable. Yeah. You know, um, you know it might be just you know to to suffer you know that part of bearing the the cross of that vocation is 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 to suffer now that could be misunderstood also you know i'm not saying that like if you're being abused or something like that you shouldn't say anything uh, of course but um there there is this uh, issue of pride that underlines i think our sin that says anyone who wrongs us is going to get it back um mm-hmm. and th- that that's a, an issue of pride and so the christians don't aren't interested in, in seeking revenge because they, they've they already been justified and those who do wrongdoing um, have to answer to their Lord. Um, but uh, Christians uh, simply endure. What do you think of yeah, that? So you, so you think that this is a... I mean, there is a thing where, 
the, I mean, this kind of picture of the strong and independent person that everyone wants to put forward. And, th and this song does this. I was oppressed, but now I've stood up under the oppression and I've, and I've, and I'm standing now on my, by my own resources. And mm -hmm. the problem is that this is always, I mean, an illusion. We're, all of us in our lives are being gnawed up by the devil. Mm -hmm. And so you really get down to it and you say, are you, are you really roaring here? You know, is, your, is this ferocious face that you're presenting to the world a, 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 a real sort of thing? Or are you still pretty scared about all the things happening around you? And, and, and still pretty intimidated at the fact that this, you know, we live and we die in this world. And I think that's, so I, I mean, that's probably our condition. Now, that, like you said, it doesn't mean we just, you, you know, you just kind of let people roll over you and mm -hmm. uh, and mistreat you but it is a thing where this world is uh, this is a tough place and you know as much as it looks like we're on top of the world uh we're not right i i think that's a good entry entry point to to actually to finally get to the gospel then to say um well who is on top of the world then and then to i mean to to look at this picture the god who created everything who is on top of the world comes into this world and what does he do? He takes all suffering upon himself. That's right. <laughs> I mean, That's he right. he's the one who lets himself be scourged and beaten. He doesn't. It, I mean, it's just a fascinating thing that when our Lord Jesus wins for our salvation, um, uh, uh, God again, who created everything and is is supreme above every being, comes into this world and he doesn't uh, take the lion by the tail or. Uh, uh, float like a butterfly. Sorry, I'm just reading the lyrics now. Um, he doesn't do that. He he yeah, he yeah. allows himself to be mocked and scourged by sinners so that he would win our salvation. Um, where you really see triumph is on the day of resurrection. Yep. So uh, I think that'd be a way to get to it. And I have one more. This one by One Republic, and it is the song Counting Stars. Lately I've been, I've been losing sleep Dreaming about the things that we could be But baby, I've been, I've been praying hard Said no more counting dollars, we'll be counting stars Yeah, we'll be counting stars Theology in this uh, I thought you'd enjoy this one. <laughs> there's, a, there's even a little, I mean, a Bible passage in there. Seek it out and you shall find. Mm. Uh, what's going on with that? Okay, I, I think the most interesting um, stanza here is, I feel something so right by doing the wrong thing. 
I feel something so wrong by doing the right thing. I could lie, could lie, could lie. Everything that kills me makes me feel alive. Yeah, what is going on there? <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. Who are these guys, One Republic? One Republic. I've heard this song before. I mean, the the, the chorus is talking about how, uh, look, we're we're living in this life. All we're doing is counting the dollars, trying to pay the bills. Meanwhile, we're counting the stars, wondering what we could be, you know? Oh, that, I see. That we... Hey, these guys are from uh, Colorado Springs. Hey, you should go huh. go talk to them. Check it out. Um, so, so I think uh, that, that I think that's the the thrust, this counting stars idea that that we could be doing so much. Uh, uh, we could be. Are we're just thinking about the dreams, you know, the the dreams that right, where right. we could be. So we're down here, down low, to just going through the drudgery of life, and right. yet, and yet, there's so much that we could, and, so much more we could be doing. And and to further that, this drudgery of life. Um, uh, you know, I'm 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 old. I, I'm not. I don't have the, the. I'm not in the days of my youth. But at the same time, I'm not young enough to have the the boldness that I used to. Uh, so I'm just kind of stuck in this this middle land. Also, um, the, uh, the the things that are right don't feel right, and the things that are wrong uh, don't feel wrong. That is what we call right. yeah. a sadia. <laughs> Was that your buzzword? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you tried this hard in to we. get the buzzwords in. <laughs> in we. What uh, was my buzzword? I should ever pay attention. <laughs> I did write it down. Lectionary. Uh, I've been lectionary there. So dream about the things it could be. This is interesting. I so this is this. I I, 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 I this is the um you now the diagnosable condition of um a kind of modernity the IY generation which is this. You know that we have these great expectations, like we ourselves are going to change the world, uh, and all it's going to take is a podcast, a, a, a theological game show, and and <laughs> or whatever Duh. it is, you know. And, and then and then you just get you 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 have this expectation that I mean, almost that the world is going to be handed to you that pretty soon and any moment now the world's going to realize your own brilliance, <laughs> and, and that that never yeah. It's and, always about to happen. You're always about to get the big break, and you never get there. And and and, and now, what's the? This is a numbing of the conscience, sort of thing. It's it's see, it's a it's a denial of vocation that that I have that that there's actually something good about where I am now. It's a dis, and and so it's always something good is about to happen, and it and it so numbs the conscience that now that to feel right, you do wrong, and you're trying to wake yourself up. Right. And, and, and as I say, the, the reason that the world doesn't conform to the, this dream that you had is that it's usually the, the problem of the establishment or the, or the man that keeps you down. You know, we would we'd be yeah, doing great, right. wonderful things. If it wasn't for for the establishment. Well, yeah. uh, maybe just another word about this. And I said the break and then we're going to be playing the predictable pastor. We've got a couple good news clips for you, Pastor Wolfman, on this one. We'll be right back. Right. Don't go away. No heretics were harmed in the making of this show. Well, physically harmed. I don't know where I belong. I don't know where I went wrong. But I can write a song. I belong to you. You belong to me, my sweet heart. I 
last segment of the program here on Table Talk Radio. Okay, Pastor Wolfner, do you have anything else you want to talk about? One Republic what, yeah, and what, Counting how, how, Stars. How do you get at this song? Yeah, how, um, I do feel something so right by doing the wrong thing. Um, I think that's where I would enter into the conversation to talk, you know, to try and explore that a little bit more and say, um, or even talk about maybe something like objective morality. How do we know that anything is right or wrong if if, right. if we that's can't right. trust our own feelings about it? I think that's right. That's a, now that's a, almost a more apologetic kind of approach. There is a, I think that to approach it according to the conscience is to say, look, what the the numbing of your the of your conscience is not going to be. It's not going to be made better by violently mistreating it. It's like, you know, there's this strange phenomenon of people cutting themselves. I haven't heard it much lately. I suspect it's just now entered the kind of mainstream. And I guess the reason why people do that, that's just physically go and, and cut themselves. And, and, and one reason is you, you have all of this kind of pain on the inside and you want it to drain out. But then the other is that you're just so numb to the world that you, you want to just feel you, something, even yeah. if it's a painful sort of thing. So, so you're bringing pain so that you have some sort of feeling. Now, it it is the law and the gospel, especially the law that's activating the conscience and the gospel that's comforting it. So that there's a there is in fact a sensation uh, resulting from the Holy Spirit's work of law and gospel, uh, uh, a sorrow and a joy, a, a deep deep thing. It's not just a feeling like a physical feeling, but it, it is a it's even perhaps more profound than that. Mm-hmm. And so to um, to 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 show people this, and also then the joy of of seeing the Lord's order and kind of fitting into that order is um is good. Yeah, just out of curiosity, what did Vicker have to do if the Broncos would have won? Same thing, Fu Manchu. <laughs> hey, how, how, do you think that this is a scripture reference? We'll be counting the stars to the God, promise God made to Abraham. No, I don't. Okay. Do you? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. Yes. Either. I'm changing my mind. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's go on There's to the... There's two scripture references then in this song. <laughs> okay. okay, Predictable Pastor. Predictable Pastor, the way this works, this. I have a couple of news clips uh, for you to respond to. Now, um, I'm going, as the news clip is playing, I'm going to try to be writing down a few things that I think Pastor Wolf, Wolf Mueller will say in response to this, and uh, we'll see if I'm right. Um, by the way, we've always said, this, again, this is just kind of a trick to talk about stuff, but we've always said it's a good thing to have a predictable pastor. Um, in the sense oh, yeah. that, <laughs> we do say that. Yeah, in the sense that uh, your pastor who confesses the the holy Christian Church and and uh, and the and the scriptures and the, maybe the Lutheran confessions, if you if you have a Lutheran pastor, um, that because the uh, those which you should, yeah, which you should, uh, because those things form the way that we think and respond to events in the world. Um, you, you should be able to be on the right track, at least, of, of how we respond, uh, according to the, the Christian worldview. So with that said, Pastor Wolfinger, here is the first report from CNN. Backer running is her passion, and she was ready to go for gold at her regional cross-country meet held last Saturday. I've been training since June for this race, and to... You know, it's kind of like the climax of my season, to run regionals and see how well I do but three numbers got in the way of that dream. I just don't believe that 666 should be a number that's anywhere on your body, and I did not want that number associated with me. It kind of made me sick. They call it a bib number, a tag given to each runner to identify them in races. 
For Coach Gina Crowley, the solution was simple. And I'm very sure that the number was computer generated. I don't think there was any, you know, type of, you know, let's give somebody this number. But when it was brought to their attention, I feel like if it were possible that it could have been changed. Except KHSAA officials wouldn't change it. So Thacker turned to her faith, deciding her love for the Lord was greater than any race. Of course I was upset because I'd trained all season for it. But in another sense, I stood up for my beliefs and I stood up for God. A representative for KHSAA claims meet officials were not told Thacker objected to the number for religious reasons. We've made adjustments um, to uniform codes and, and things like that in the past when it's known that religious reasons are in play. Um, you know, maybe had uh, that been made more clear to the, the meet officials, they would have made that decision. Both women say they did cite Thacker's religion as the reason. I wouldn't have been more proud of her had she won the entire meet. She stood on her principles. She stood for what she believed in. Would you do it over again? Yes, I would. I would definitely stand my ground on this. Thacker says she's received lots of community support. That's the well, report from CNN. All right, Pastor Wolfner, what do you think? I think uh, I think this is superstition, uh, and this is bad. I mean, there is no superstition in Christianity. Now, that is not to say that words don't really mean something, but the words, especially the numbers, 666, don't mean, uh, I mean, there's, there's not a magical sort of thing about them. Uh, so, so the the six 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 is especially when John sees that in his vision is a reference to, to uh, Nero, you know, the Caesar who was killing all the Christians, and not to some sort of magic sort of thing, like uh, you know, the, the this is what these dispensationalists say that those barcodes are all coded to six six six, and so they become the mark of the beast, and then you get all these kind of fanatical updates on the computer chip that's going to be put under your forehead and on your hand so you can go and buy eggs with the mark of the beast and everything i mean this is just nonsense it's ridiculous really and uh and bad and not helpful i mean it's not at all helpful if, 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 if just think of it if if jesus couldn't come back until somebody invented a micro computer chip so that you could buy you know <laughs> beer at the store then that means Jesus has been waiting for all the invention of the microchip before he could come back, and all the Christians who were waiting for him to come back then were wrong. I mean, that's just nuts. So, okay, I don't didn't didn't do too well on this one. Um, so I guess you're not a very predictable pastor. <laughs> There's a surprise in every minute, right? Okay, well, first of all, I thought you would either mimic or make fun of the southern accent, uh, but you didn't. <laughs> Um, I should have. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Do I get a point if I wrote down that you talk about the mark of the beast and or the Antichrist? Um, yeah. Okay, point there. Uh, that you would question whether uh, this girl was really standing up for God in this, you know, if this is, oh, actu yeah, if this is actually do, a point of confession. Um, I thought you would kind of say that Christians should lighten up and that uh, it was... Oh. I don't think they should. Probably <laughs> Christians are horsing around too much. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, lastly, I thought that you would at least commend her for making a stand on principle because nobody does that anymore. Well, that's true also. I should have said all those things. <laughs> all right. Give yourself a few points. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, let's go to one more clip. This also from CNN. 
A Halloween costume that is a family tradition is creating a stir in the town of Craigsville. My brother has when he was in kindergarten and when he was 13. That's why when Jessica Black's seven-year-old son asked if he could also dress as a member of the white supremacist group, the Ku Klux Klan, she made the costume for him. Because it was cool. What was cool about it? The hat. I did tell him that, you know, if you do it, you know there's going to be people talking about you. There's going to be people oh that goodness. say bad things to you when you do wear it. Neighbors say this is one of several streets, Brook Hollow Road, that Jackson was seen trick-or-treating. They say they were shocked when they saw his costume. I just think it's really sad, like that a kid is being taught that, that young because they don't know any better. You don't hear that much about it nowadays. When I asked Jackson Black where he had learned of the costume, he said he saw it in the movie Fried Green Tomatoes. His mom maintains there is nothing wrong with the costume or the Ku Klux Klan, which she says still exists in Craigsville. It's supposed to be white with white, black with black, man and with woman and all of that. That's what the KKK stands for. The KKK every year raises money to donate to the St. Jude's. Will you still wear the costume? Yes. It's not okay. You're offending a lot of people by one little action. Jessica Black says she has received several threats via Facebook because of this photo of Jackson that was posted on our Facebook page. Okay. How about that? <laughs> well, so this gal, is this lady, did this lady say she was a member of the KKK? She did not say she was a member, but she did. Mentioned that she it did was... say, hey, there's an organization around here, and they do a lot of good because they donate to St. Jude's. <laughs> so I've dressed up my little boy like a member of the Ku Klux Klan. That is really something. I, You know, to be honest with you, I do not know much about the doctrine of the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, so it's, it's a white supremacy thing, so that's a Darwinistic sort of idea mm-hmm. that the, um, the human race is advancing and the... the white people as if there is a, a different kind of race, as if there is a such thing as race, which according to the Bible there is not. I mean, we all are descendants from Noah and Adam and Eve, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, in fact, the, the question of race is so troublesome that I think this would be, um, uh, it would be a, a denial of, of the gospel after a, a while because Jesus would have then, what, atoned for those whose race he shared? Uh, so that kind of racism. You can't be a racist if you don't have if you don't believe in race. Then you're just an ist. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I bet you thought I was going to say that. Now, um, uh, so so this kind of social Darwinism thing that the that the white race, whatever that is, has advanced beyond uh, other uh, races, is um, is an absurdity, and. Uh, and kind of embarrassing, you know. So a mom, but a mom is passing on those um, uh, that confession to her child. I'm trying to imagine an equally offensive sort of thing. It would be like, I don't know, like dressing your little boy up with a Hitler mustache or something, and marching him around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that perhaps is the most offensive thing about Hitler. Well, I mean, one of the most offensive things. His mustache. So. Uh, yeah, and that he was, uh, you know, had this idea of of, of a supreme race. Oh, right. I, I, is the KKK also socialist? I don't know. I, like Hitler was? I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, I don't know what else. I mean, this that's is, it. This okay. Is um, I thought you would. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I did, and wrote it down in hopes that you would also 
uh, wonder about this being a family tradition. <laughs> Did you hear that? At the beginning oh, yeah, of the report? I forgot that part. This is a family tradition? <laughs> what? Also, um, up like the KKK. how, how right. the mother explained to the son the expected persecution for uh, the ramifications oh, of yeah. wearing this. Yeah, that was an amazing point. You're probably going to get made fun of for this, but... Now, I, and strong. Son. I think that there's an interesting connection. We were just talking in the previous story about how it was good to stand on principle. <laughs> and then I guess that depends what the principle is, right? That's I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, stand on your KKK principles. Um, I, I did write down that you would probably uh, question whether the ideologies of the KKK are good and, and what it stands for. And then I thought you might make some kind of a reference to Facebook. Um, as uh, the picture was oh, was yeah. posted on Facebook, and I should have really, I, <laughs> I mean, because you always bring up Facebook and uh, kind of ad nauseum. All my uh, predictable pastors were from Facebook. Posts. <laughs> Too bad we didn't get to them. Well, that's it for us, and that's the, it for the predictable pastors. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio, where the points are like being afraid of numbers. Wait, in fact, they are You've like been that. listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> the views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect right. the views or opinions of this station. Oh, we would like your feedback on today's show. <laughs> Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.